The day smells like winter, then like spring, and then like mud. Tomorrow morning will once again smell like winter. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. I love walking through the winter woods, up steep hills, down steep banks, across open fields, weaving in and out of dense clumps of trees and along frozen waterways, all made soft and mystical by layer upon layer of snow from the season's storms. What makes snowy hikes all the more exciting is that the snow chronicles the comings and goings of my woodland neighbors, the skittery little tracks of a field mouse darting haphazardly over the snow, the deliberate bounding strides of red and gray squirrels that appear and disappear as they opt for navigation over snow, then branch, and back to snow, and then there are perfect cross-shaped prints of the ruffed grouse or partridge, whose toe-to-toe tracks conjure images of someone shuffling through endless aisles of a woodland grocery store. Then there are the tracks that seem to be of a beast that must have slipped through the thin veils of my dreams, something odd, creepy, yet friendly, with strange proportions unlike any other creature. Giant front feet, which sometimes display splayed toes and sharp claws, behind which trail diminutive round padded feet. A creature that seems decidedly backwards. This is no backwards dream beast, however, but a common furred critter in our spruce woods, and the topic of today's episode, snowshoe hares. Right now in early March begins a very special time for our furry snowshoe-footed friends. Time to start planning for the next generation of hares. Through the winter, hares keep to a small patch of spruce trees. When spooked, they will run a large figure-eight track and return right back to the hidden snowy depression, called a form, they were spooked from. But as the breeding season begins, the little hares start acting a bit crazy. Mad, you might say. The males will range for miles to find mates, and the females who aren't quite in season will often fight off these frisky suitors by boxing them with their fluffy little front feet. When spooked, a March hare might just run far, with no clear figure-eight pattern, all the way to a new patch of forest. Maine warden Jim Fahey reported to the Bangor Daily News in 2015 that when out hunting for hares with dogs one March, a hare took off running in no particular direction with the dog in hot pursuit. Three days later, he finally found his dog. When a potential mate is found and they are both receptive to seeing where the relationship could go, the two hares have quite an interesting idea of a date. They gently touch their twitchy little noses together, and then, as if struck by lightning, one will charge the other and chase it through the underbrush. Just as abruptly as this game starts, the lead hare will freeze and its pursuer will leap haphazardly over the back of the other. This routine alternates between who gets to chase and be chased until finally they deem the date concluded and the business begins. So all this ranging over large territories, the boxing, the nose bumping, and chasing and hopping is precisely why folks use the phrase, mad as a March hare. After nearly 40 days from their amorous encounter, the females will give birth to a litter of two to three young called leverets. By stark contrast to young rabbit kits who are born hairless, eyes closed, and completely reliant on their mother's warmth and protection, these young hares are born fully furred with open eyes and a strong sense of independence. Leverets are not born in a nest and will almost immediately go find their own form away from their mother and siblings to hang out in by themselves. Despite their independent streak, the young will still go back to nurse for 5-10 to minutes at dusk in each 24-hour period. So if you happen to have snow in your area, you could keep an eye to the snow in spruce forests in search of snowshoe hare tracks. Take care if you choose to follow them, though, as these mad March hares might have you tracking them for miles through the dense underbrush of our northern forests.
You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, references, contact information, photos, and information about how to subscribe to this show as a podcast by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by A Pileated Woodpecker, made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 